You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on the Sermon on the Mount. Now looking at darkness. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. Hello, you're listening to the Sermon on the Mount. 28. Last time, we looked at the subject of treasure, treasure in heaven. Either we have treasure on earth, treasure that can be stolen, treasure that we have to guard and protect, that the world really defines our value by, you know, what's your net worth, versus treasure in heaven, which is not just a good investment, it's an investment that cannot lose value. And it is something no one could possibly take away from us. For a great example of the right attitude and the wrong attitude to have, that is being responsible versus hoarding, Jesus tells a parable in Luke 12. That's the parable of the rich fool. Instead of really having the right priorities, He's just concerned about expanding his own personal kingdom. We also saw last time that investing in people makes sense. We need to care about others and invest in them. Liquidating unnecessary assets, as people like Cyprian did. What's the wealth of the Roman church? The Romans were asking Lawrence, the deacon, And he said, I'll give you the wealth, I'll show you, come tomorrow. And he doesn't bring silver and gold, just a large group of poor people, which ticks off the Romans and leads straight to his martyrdom. Today's passage is verses 22-23, Matthew 6. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is evil your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great that darkness is. Well, here we're reading about a lamp and an eye and light and dark, and uh, it's not the easiest passage to understand. Let me read it in another version, more modern version. The eye of the lamp is the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? There are some mixed metaphors here, and they can be difficult, but let's persevere. Jesus is trying to get the point across clearly, that what's truly valuable is not what the world thinks, what the world says. And if we're going to be healthy, we're going to be full of light, we're going to have to have the right priorities. In yesterday's talk, we looked at treasure on heaven and earth. Today, we're looking at the eye and darkness and light. That is our focus. And tomorrow's talk will be on the two masters, God and mammon. So he's giving three illustrations for one really important point. It's an extended uh, teaching section about materialism and about wealth. And we need that. We need to hear the lesson more than once, just as 
when we're hammering a nail into the wall, usually it takes more than one, uh, one hit of the hammer. It takes a few times, and then it sinks in. People who look at life through defective spiritual eyes imagine things to be valuable when they're not or to be unvaluable when they actually are valuable. They assign imaginary high values to possessions, and then that becomes really the substance and the essence of their life. They define themselves by possessions and also by privileges and perks. Let's uh, go back to around the year 400 AD when John Chrysostom, um, the famous preacher of Constantinople, uh, was living and having an impact. And I think his words, and um, this is as he's speaking on Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel, these words are very, very powerful. Listen to our ancient brother. Among other things, the wealthy tremble at the thought of poverty. In fact, they fear not only poverty itself, but even a trifling loss of their possessions. Those who lack necessary food do not grieve as much and bewail themselves as much as rich people do when they lose some small possession. In fact, many of the rich have even hanged themselves when they lost their possessions, not willing to bear such an ill turn of events. I don't think people are any different today. The world tells us we're defined by our power, our money, our looks. It's always these physical things. The world rejects the Lord's definition of true wealth and greatness. That is the, the wealth that is in heaven, the great, spiritual greatness of being a servant. And anxiety about money is with us. Some years ago, an uncle on my wife's side of the family got himself into debt and became desperate. As a result, he took his life, shot himself. When the estate was settled, when the debts were tallied, the family realized he didn't even owe that much. It's just a few thousand pounds, not more than a few thousand dollars that he owed. I think this uh, debt cast a, a longer shadow uh, than it should have in his heart. When some people would rather die than live without their money, the eye of their soul is dark. As Jesus said, they're full of darkness. Really, the more we love people, the more invested in people we are, the more generous we are, the more light there is. And you could almost see it. That is, when you look into someone's eyes, sometimes, haven't you noticed that? You can see the light or you can see the darkness. So I've got some questions for us, for you and me. One is, do we obsess over money? Uh, when we obsess over money, we end up creating conflict uh, in our soul, in our being. It's a conflict. It's a tension. It's a struggle, almost a competition between serving the Lord and striving for wealth and comfort or simply maintaining wealth and comfort. What is our real priority? Do we obsess over money? That's what the world does. Now, later in Matthew 6, Jesus will rebuke us if we're fretting about these things, and he will tell us that the lilies and the ravens, they don't. 
Lord takes care of them. Second, does worry prevent us from giving generously to the poor and to the church? I think the more anxious we are, in general, the less likely we are to part with our wealth. Now, I'm not talking about parting with our wealth like the fool, who is quickly and easily separated from his money. Now, we are called to be responsible, to have our priorities right. And the scriptures could help us to be wiser than we would otherwise be. Read the Proverbs. Look at the way wealth is treated uh, in people whom we respect unconditionally in both testaments, or look at the way wealth is mishandled by those who destroyed themselves, uh, who really thought this life was all about um, material things, like the rich fool in Luke 12, or like Nabal, the first husband of Abigail in 1 Samuel 25, or even see how wealth and other things seem to have corrupted Solomon. Okay, third, are we living beyond our means? Now, I realize that some of you in some countries are not likely to have credit cards. Uh, you, you simply use cash. And in a way, that's good, although even then we can still end up getting into debt. But for those who can borrow money, a card, a credit card can be a very dangerous thing. Are we living beyond our means, even slightly beyond our means? Because if you're living slightly beyond your means, you're going into greater and greater debt. And if you're paying interest on it, that racks up really quickly. So are we anxious about money? Are we, are we respecting what Jesus taught about this? This huge topic, huge topic in the New Testament and in the whole Bible. Let's ask those questions. I love the way... Uh, Donald Hagner, a New Testament scholar, uh, puts it. He's speaking about wealth. This is in his uh, Matthew commentary. Wealth, it happens, is only the most conspicuous example of that which can distract from true discipleship. I think he's saying that it's not the only evil. It's not the only thing that can mess us up, but it's the most conspicuous. I mean, people see it. You can see how someone lives, the lifestyle, uh, those priorities. He says, only the rarest of individuals can possess much of the world's wealth without becoming enslaved to it and without letting it cut the nerve of true discipleship. I think that's right. The Bible acknowledges that some people can be rich as long as they're generous and they can be well-adjusted spiritually. But wealth is dangerous. Money can mess us up. And for most people, it's like popularity, like fame or power. Wealth uh, tends to corrupt. Now, did you catch that phrase? It really sticks with me. Only the rarest individuals can possess much of the world's wealth without becoming enslaved to it and without letting it cut the nerve of true discipleship. So maybe there's one more question. How about our nerve of true discipleship? Have we lost feeling? Has it been cut because of our worldly priorities? Or are we alive and sensitive? These important thoughts uh, will be continued in our next talk. That is on mammon. Lord, we ask today that you will banish uh, the darkness of 
selfish materialism from our hearts, whether it's just residue or even if it's a larger amount of a power that is dragging us down, anyone, anyone listening to this talk and this prayer who's caught in the clutches of, of materialism, please free them. Help us, Lord, to focus, to not see double, not have blurred vision, not uh, misjudge the sizes or distances of things or undervalue or overvalue or fall into mistaken identity. I pray, Lord, you help us to see clearly. And we know for us to be full of light, we have to have the right priorities. And we live in a world and a society that is constantly telling us things that aren't true about wealth. Help us, Lord, to accept what you say and be willing to talk about it, to see the dangers and to understand the blessings of doing things your way. Thank you, God. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on the Sermon on the Mount. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.